I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 85. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I love this week's song, Grace Wins by Matthew West, because it leads us to very specific stories in Scripture, which is our goal, to read God's Word. But it starts out with something I think we all struggle with, and that is the mischaracterization of God. Let's listen to the first verse. In my weakest moment, I see you Shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Here come those whispers in my ear Saying who do you think you are Looks like you're on your own from here Cause grace could never reach that far I've thought a lot about this this week as I was praying and preparing for the podcast, I think there are many reasons why we see God the way we do. Um, But in this lyric, Matthew West depicts a vision of God shaking his head in disgrace with disappointment on his face for something that we've done wrong. And I've felt that before, haven't you? Uh, But I guess my question I was pondering this week is why? You know, so I asked, do we see stories and scriptures of God shaking his head in disgrace with disappointment on his face? Well, actually, yes, there are. There are great sections of the Old Testament where God's patience with continued sin wears out and the consequences of the sin that the people actually invited on themselves came upon them. But I'm not sure I'm quoting Jeremiah or Isaiah in my head when I feel the guilt of my shame and picture God shaking his head. And perhaps it's because sometimes I think of God this way because that's how I parent. I mean, just this weekend, actually, I have a clear picture of how the day is going to go. It's going to go very smoothly because I have a picture. And if if everyone follows the picture in my mind, then this will go smoothly. But my stubborn daughter has decided in her heart that my way will not work and chooses her own way. And almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, it goes the way she said it would go. And I get mad and I'm disappointed and I'm shaking my head and raising my voice and even getting a little angry. My blood boils at her stubborn refusal to trust what I have said and to believe me. And so that's how God must be with me, right? Oh, I think he cares about the choices that we make and he longs for us to choose wisdom and the blessings that come with that. 
But all we have to do is read scripture to see that God is a God of grace, not guilt. The kind of grace that we can't even fathom because we ourselves are unable to give it. In the lyrics of the song, Matthew West refers to several different stories in God's word as examples of when grace wins. And I'd like to use this song as the catalyst to send us diving into those areas of scripture. And they are the prodigal son, the woman at the well, the blind man and the beggar, and the thief on the cross. And so as we explore these scriptures For the purpose of today's podcast, as it relates to this song, I want us to specifically look at the character of God as revealed by these stories. And I want to start out by saying and to remind you that we have an enemy. His whole purpose is to deceive. It has been his MO since the beginning when he said, did God really say all the way back in Genesis Scripture tells us also that he is the father of lies. He wants to lie to you about the character of God. But we can fight these lies through the truth of God's word. Last week, we talked about the research approach. This song is going to lead us on a journey where we can search out the details of each story. And in this case, we will make this song, uh, it'll make this song all the more rich when we hear it in the future because we're going to have researched the stories behind just a, a short lyric that he mentions all of these different stories. So let's start with the prodigal son. I refer to this story in another episode, episode 61, if you want to check it out. I I look at it from a completely different angle, so you might be interested in that. But the parable of the lost son is found in Luke 15. And I want you to use the Bible interaction tool of reading in context. This is when you read the verses or chapter or chapters before and after the focus section of scripture so that you can get a good picture of what's happening before you zoom in to a small scene. So last week I talked about the difference between the macro and the micro approach as another way to put it. So uh, in this case, you really only have to go to the beginning of Luke 15 to discover the why behind Jesus telling this parable. And it starts out in Luke 15. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. Okay, so that's the beginning. Luke 15 verses 1 through 3. Jesus then tells them the story of the lost sheep. Then he goes and tells them the story of the lost coin. And then scripture says, to illustrate the the point further, Jesus told them this story. And that's where he enters in the parable of the lost son. So before we even read the story, we see this truth. Lost people are not a lost cause to God. 
Maybe that's all you needed. You can just turn the podcast off now. <laughs> but stay in Luke 15 because there's a lot to learn. Okay? So just to, just to reiterate, this is the, the number one characteristic before we even read the story. We see lost people are not a lost cause to God. So here's what I saw when I read this familiar story again. And this time I'm reading it, I'm focusing in on the character of God. And as a recap, in case you are not familiar with the story, and you know maybe you're not in a place where you can pause the podcast and read it real quick, here's the gist. There is a father and he has two sons. One son wanted his inheritance right away and the father gave it to him and he squandered it And he basically had to hit rock bottom before he came to his senses. And when he came back, dad throws him a big party and welcomes him back with open arms. And here's what I saw. The father allowed the son to try it his way, but didn't hold it against him when it didn't work out. (sighs) Sigh. (laughs) Parenting failure number 278. I do not make a good heavenly father. I'm just saying, and it's a good thing that he's got it down pat because today, as I told you, uh, just this weekend, I was so aggravated with my daughter because she didn't do it my way. She did it her way and I could see the folly of her way. And yet my heavenly father does not respond that way. This story shows us that the father willingly allowed his son to try it his own way and then didn't hold it against him when it didn't work out. So here's one of my favorite verses in the story. It says, so he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. That's in in Luke 15, 20. The father was filled with love and compassion, not disgust and disappointment. Grace wins. All right, let's move on to the woman at the well. You can find her story in John chapter 4. She is a Samaritan woman who is drawing water in the heat of the day, not a normal time when the other women of the village drew water. We find out later that um, she carries a lot of shame upon her life because of her life choices. She'd been married five times and was basically living with the guy that uh, she was not married to the man she was living with. And this could be an explanation for her kind of being at that well, at the well at the time that she was in the heat of the day. Perhaps she was not welcome. Perhaps the weight of her shame kept her from the fellowship of others. But even so, she has an experience with Jesus where she discovers he is the Messiah. And so when I'm reading this story in John chapter 4, and I am seeking the character of God, I see several things. First of all, I see he is willing to meet us, even as we are trying to hide from him and others. Jesus was just sitting there at the edge of the well when she walked up in the heat of the day. And we all know that things don't just happen by chance with our Savior. And then um, another thing I see about God is he'll bring up our sin, not to shame us, but he also doesn't ignore it. He tells this woman, go and get your husband at some point in the story. And she's like, shamefully, I don't have a husband. And he's like, you're right. You've had five. And the guy that you're with now is not your husband. But he, he does bring up our sin. But again, not to look at us with disgust and disappointment, 
but because he wants us to deal with our sin. And then he offers us more than we can imagine. I love this verse, chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I just want to tell you that, dear friend, if you only knew the gift God has for you, you would ask him. All right. And then he offers us life, living water that will flow through us that leads to eternal life. And and then as I continue to read in John chapter four, I see that he is calling us into right relationship with him, not based on tradition, not based on religious traditions, but on his revelation to us. He says the time is coming is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So you're going to learn a lot as you read John chapter 4. But ultimately we see that the Savior was filled with life and truth and offered a gift, not disgust and disappointment. Grace wins. Now, the blind beggar can be seen in Luke chapter 18. He's just sitting on the side of the road when he hears some commotion and he asks he asks around and he finds out that Jesus was coming and he decides to make the most of the opportunity by hollering out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I love Jesus's response here. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. In our previous story, Jesus actually makes a recommendation to ask for living water, something that this woman didn't even know she needed, the woman at the well. But here, Jesus doesn't make a recommendation, but he asks what this man wants. Jesus engages him in the midst of his circumstances. He didn't just walk by and he didn't talk down to him and he didn't delay in healing him. This man had great clarity in what he would ask of Jesus. He knew exactly what what he defined in his mind as mercy. When he says, Lord, have mercy on me, he knew that that meant um, help me to see, heal me. And, uh, Christ did not presume anything, and he engaged this man. He asked. And, and it, it seems obvious that the blind beggar wants to see, but Jesus asks anyway. He didn't look at him with disgust or disappointment that he was a beggar, but with a word, he healed him. Grace wins. Finally, the thief on the cross, there were two thieves who were sentenced at the time, the same time that Jesus was sentenced to die on the cross. And we see this story in Luke chapter 23. One of the thieves chose this opportunity to mock Christ. And then Luke 23 verse 40 through 43 says, but the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our sins, for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me 
in paradise. With a life ending as a result of bad choices, a heart softens and calls out to a Savior who does not turn his face in disgust or disappointment, but responds with eternal life. Grace wins. For the prodigal son, grace wins. For the woman at the well, grace wins. For the blind man and the beggar, grace wins. For always and forever, grace wins. For the lost out on the street, grace wins. For the worst part of you and me, grace wins. For the thief on the Now, I know that we have been zooming in on the character of God, and I long to see God clearly as he really is. Not not only that, but I want to be like him. So if I can see him clearly and I can see how he responds, then I can begin to model my life after his response rather than my gut reaction or my human response. However, I am probably more like the other humans in the stories that we have read. Because in the story of the lost son, grace wins with the father, but the brother feels slighted. And in the story of the woman at the well, grace wins with our Savior. But disciples, the disciples were shocked and dismayed that Jesus was even talking to a woman, much less a woman of her kind. In the story of the blind beggar, grace wins with our Savior. But the people around him just wanted him to stay quiet and stay invisible. And in the story of the thief on the cross, grace wins with our Savior, but everyone else around him could only see his crimes and what he deserved. Oh, that I could be more like my God and Savior and less like the other humans. And oh, that God would guard my heart with the truth of who he really is, unclouded by how I react and unclouded by how others treat me. So what's next? Well, follow in my footsteps this week. Only, I want you to take more than this 20-minute overview. I want you to read Luke 15 and write in your study journal all the characteristics of God that you see in the parables there. And on another day, read John chapter 4 and discover the characteristics that our Savior displayed. I didn't get a chance to share the rest of the story there, but you're going to love it. Read Luke 18 and consider the clarity of the blind beggar and Christ's response. Read Luke 23 and explore the profound truth of God revealed in Christ's reply. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Uh, email me. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Renee from Florida, Roxanne from Kentucky, Lacey from Kansas, and Caroline from Texas. They are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you will get a memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop. You can even print it out um, and place it where it's um 
easy for you to read and review. And uh, in and also you will also get any inst- you'll get instant access to any of the resources that I create for some of my episodes. Sometimes I'll create special um, extra resources and my subscribers get those automatically without having to sign up for them. So if you head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today, all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. It encourages me, but more than that, it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Glow in the Dark by Jason Gray to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 85. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.